Hey, top of the day to you. My name is Mike. This is the FBTV podcast, now in living color. <laughs> yes, you can not only hear the podcast using your favorite podcasting app, now you're able to see the podcast on our YouTube channel, Insiders, as well as the uh, FreightBrokerTV.com. So glad you've you've joined us. This is new for 2021. You may be wondering, well, you know, hey, Mike, where you been? It, it's been before Christmas since you put a video up on YouTube. Yeah, it, it has. You're right. It's uh, uh, Some of that, if you were listening to the podcast, I was kind of under the weather there for a few weeks after the uh, holidays. Allergies. I guess. I don't know what it was, but uh, that cleared up, and then we decided to uh, start doing videos, or recording the uh, podcast, and posting that on YouTube. So we're doing the podcast and a YouTube video at the same time, so that kind of works out pretty good. Coming up on today's podcast, we are going to be talking about a lot of things, but uh, on the menu for sure. We're going to be talking about factoring companies, what they are. If you're a broker, should you be using them? Shouldn't you? Uh, we're going to be talking, if we have time, about agreements as well. Now, when I say agreements, I'm talking about broker-carrier, broker-agent, those type of things, contracts between a broker and a uh, agent or a trucking company. But uh, first, got some business to take care of. If you, live, if you see me looking down, I've, I've got my notes down here. And like I say, this is a... This is a podcast, and yeah, I try to look up at the camera occasionally, but uh, basically you're, you're getting to see the whole deal, how the podcast is done. But in video form, behind the scenes, BTS. Okay, you may be wondering if you're a regular listener to our podcast, why Wednesday? What happened to Monday? Well, we have determined that Wednesday allows things to settle as far as the industry goes, things to be published, uh, such as fuel prices, which keeps on going up. We're going to be talking about that today, too. Uh, news, uh, matter of fact, we looked at it Monday. We thought, well, okay, let's see if we can do it Monday. Let's see if we can put together a podcast Monday like we've done the last couple of weeks. And honestly, there was nothing, nothing to talk about. We would have been sitting here for 25, 30 minutes going... <laughs> That's just not something you want to see. So we decided, okay, we, we'll, we'll give the uh, industry 48 hours, you know, into the new week and see what kind of uh, news pops out and bunches, bunch of news. So a uh, big, big story this week up in the uh, northeast, the snowstorm, two feet in some places up there in New York. I have a client in Indiana. They said they got some too, but not like New York got so that's pretty interesting. California, you're going through your thing. you got a governor out there you're trying to uh, recall. No comment. Do what you got to do. Should have done it earlier. Nope. Comment. <laughs> but anyway, Freight Broker TV. If uh, you've not uh, checked us out on Freight Broker TV, do so. That's where we put a lot of content. we got uh, videos, audios. Archives up there, uh, you want to take it one step further, move over to the FBTV Insider, and you'll find the link on FreightBrokerTV.com. Now, the Insider, very similar to Freight Broker TV, except 
you get all of our public content. I mean, everything. You get uh, additional content if you subscribe as an insider. And that's where you get access to everything everything we do. And we do videos up there. Matter of fact, we got a video coming up uh, this week, if not later today, uh, before the weekend. A series of videos uh, we started last week talking about equipment types. Last week, we were talking about refrigerated trailers. Uh, went in sort of in detail about refrigerated trailers and how to prospect, things of that nature, what to look for, ins and outs. And don't misunderstand, if you're not brokering refrigerated freight, don't think you're going to watch that video and know everything there is to know about refrigerated freight. It just doesn't work that way. But it's a good... It's a good icebreaker if you've never dealt with refrigerator or been interested in it anyway. Uh, we talk about the equipment and such. This week, going to be dry vans. What is a dry van? A dry van is, well, it's not a flatbed. It's not refrigerated. Basically, kind of like a U-Haul truck, only in a 53, 48-foot trailer form. Uh, matter of fact, if you uh, see the doubles and triples going down the road, depending on where you live, the uh, they're 26 foot pups that's what they're called but anyway we'll get into that this week on the FBTV Insider Content video that, that, those are live streamed by the way and then if you miss the live stream that's fine we archive it and you are able to you are able to uh, watch it on demand Okay, you got questions, comments, messages, anything you want to contact us about, you can email me, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. And on freightbrokertv.com, there's plenty of web, plenty of websites, plenty of uh, contact forms. Uh, you can fill out, submit, we'll get it, and uh, answer on the air. Now, you also have the opportunity to call me if you got questions or want to leave a message or whatever, 479 Six six eight zero two one three four seven nine six six eight zero two one three. That's our studio line. It goes straight to voicemail. Don't expect somebody to answer. It's going to go to voicemail, and uh, it's a Skype voicemail. And for whatever reason, I, I guess they are still like that. We can't customize a message for when it's answered. It's just generic. You know, the person you've called is unavailable. You know, some type of female voice. But anyway, that's that. Just uh, leave a message and we will answer it on air, be it uh, the, the podcast, uh, be it a YouTube video, be it whatever. I uh, may even uh, email you if you give us the email. Well, I, a lot of times we will email you if you email us or I leave a question or whatever on the uh, website via contact form. But anyway, that's neither there. Okay, as of right now, we are still on Twitter. I don't think we've posted anything on Twitter in quite a while. You'll find it at, at Freight TV. It, it's just uh, over the last couple of months, and YouTube's and Google just bad, but Facebook, Google, YouTube, Twitter... I don't know what's going on, but it's been weird. So, not sure if we're going to stay on Twitter or not. But there's a lot of new platforms coming up, such, you know, that's similar to Twitter. That that doesn't pop up and say, you can't say that. No, you can't say that. You know, that, that's kind of weird. Speaking of uh, 
big tech. This isn't big tech, but it's big. Jeff Bezos. You know, I, I never know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Bezos, Bezos right? That's what it is. Bezos, Amazon CEO. He's stepping down. He's not going to be the CEO, and that's scary. What's he going to do now? Because he's not leaving. He's not stepping down to retire. This guy's got a lot of drive, a lot of ambition. He's up to something. You watch. But anyway, he's going to be stepping down to stay on as the executive chairman. That's uh, what Amazon announced yesterday. So we'll, we'll see. Now, we were talking about uh, fuel prices here a minute ago. Fuel prices are up again. They've been doing nothing but going up for the last couple of months. Diesel's up to 273 a gallon this week on average. That's up two cents from last week. And gasoline's up to 240 per gallon. That's up a penny from last week. Why is that happening? Well, if you were listening to the podcast last week, I said uh, something about, well, oil companies figured that uh, during the coronavirus, right in the middle of it, they better. They better cool their heels or they're going to get uh, government intervention, and they don't want that. They've had that in the past. So they uh, kind of backed off. And I, I, I imply that since the uh, coronavirus starting to get under control now and the vaccine and things, vaccine, well, anyway, uh, is getting out there. I, we're in Arkansas, and I read the other day, they may have corrected that, but in Arkansas, yeah, you know, they started giving the vaccine, but they didn't have enough. So I, I don't know what that's about. Me, personally, if you're getting the vaccine, hey, more power to you. I'm a little iffy, and you may call me stupid for that. But uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about the vaccine. You know, what happens, you know, five years from now, people start coming down with these weird symptoms. And, and me saying this could get this video knocked off. YouTube. I, I'm not saying that's fact. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, what if? That, that's going to be a weird time, you know. Uh, but anyway, you know, what, what worries me about that vaccine more than anything is the drug companies have no accountability. You know, if it don't work, you, you can't go back and take and record or anything like that. You're on your own. So anyway. All right. So that's what I was talking about. Fuel prices last week. Well, oil jumps to a one-year high on depleting supplies. Depleting supplies. So, the oil company quit drilling and let the supply go down so they could raise prices. You know, supply and demand. You know, we talk about that in training when I'm working with clients. Supply and demand. Why are rates so different depending on if you're coming or going? A lot of times, supply and demand. But uh, oil climbed to the highest level over or in over a year as tightening global supplies and signs of strength in physical markets aided crude's virus recovery rally. Futures rose 2.3% in New York, earlier rising about 55 bucks a barrel. You remember $99, $100 a barrel? Man, oh man, oh man. But anyway, rising about $55 a barrel for the first time in a year. Crude has been climbing steadily since last year as coronavirus vaccines and producers supply curbs boost expectations of a tighter market. OPEC, boy, that's something we haven't heard in a while. OPEC and its allies expect to drain an oil surplus by the middle of the year. So, sounds to me like uh, right around summertime, if they plan on draining an oil surplus, things are really going to get, uh, put it this way, 273 may look cheap for diesel. 
come June, right? Okay, if you drive a truck, CBS 8 or National Road Check, International Road Check, except for May 4th through 6th. This year's International Road Check, May 4th through 6th, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance announced. Going to be stepped-up enforcement. They are going to have a special focus on commercial motor vehicle lighting. Make sure. Hey, if you got the chicken lights, they all got to work. And hours of service. And, and that's strange, you know, but the ELDs, I got another story in here about Pennsylvania. Uh, no, Georgia had a, a hours of service blitz. That was kind of strange, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Anyway, stepped-up enforcement will have special focus on uh, CMV lighting and hours of service. Inspectors from jurisdictions throughout Canada, Mexico, and the United States going to be uh, working 72 hours straight for the international CBSA International Road Check that was announced yesterday. We may be still under quarantine. Restaurants may be closed everywhere, but it sure does look like things are trying to get back to normal as far as the, the uh, oil and DOT go, doesn't it? All right, we're going to talk about this the other day. Ran out of time, but it's kind of interesting. Apparently, trying to curb the uh, driver shortage or aid it somewhat. The FMCSA announced a proposal to amend driver vision standards. And I get this, you know, during the last, I don't know, 10 years of my CDL. No kidding. Whenever it was time to renew my CDL, I made a beeline to my optometrist to get my eyes checked to make sure I could pass that vision test. Because the last thing I wanted was that, uh, that, uh, uh, I want to say endorsement, but it's not endorsement. But where I wear my uh, glasses all the time when I was driving. But anyway, new regulation would allow truck drivers who, not, who cannot meet current federal vision standards of either distant visual activity or field of vision, or both, in one eye, to be physically qualified to operate a CMV in interstate commerce. So, if you've been uh, disqualified from driving because of your vision and you still have your CDL, with, and you're wanting to get back into a truck, well, this might be pretty uh, good for you, interesting anyway. Currently, such individuals are prohibited from driving CMVs in interstate commerce unless they obtain an exemption from the FMCSA. The agency proposes an alternative vision standard for physical qualifications that, if adopted, would replace the current vision exemption program as a basis for establishing the physical qualifications determination of those individuals. So, if you have had issues with your vision, you got disqualified for one, one reason or another, you may want to check into that. All right, we, we, uh, we talked about this last year, and I saw it pop up again. On one of the uh, trucking sites, transportation news sites that uh, I visit on a regular basis. Now, here's, here's the thing. It, it, on the video, you get to watch me take a drink of coffee. In, in the podcast, you just think I went quiet for a minute. <laughs> it's early. When we are doing this, it's uh, 7.30 in the morning. 
on Wednesday, February 3rd, and it should be up on YouTube by this uh, afternoon. But anyway, last year, I, it may have been around this time, maybe a little bit later, we were talking about a, I don't know, senator or somebody in Congress, whatever congressman, they were, they introduced a bill, or were going to, that was the talk anyway, I guess they did, to increase the minimum of liability insurance for a trucking company. Right now, the minimum is $750,000, always has been. Now, most trucking companies are going to carry a million dollars liability. Well, this bill, or an amendment they're trying to do to a transportation spending bill, would increase that, would drive it up from $750,000 to $2 million in auto liability. Now, the kicker on this thing, the kicker on this thing was the congressperson who ever submitted it has a law firm that specializes in lawsuits against trucking companies that have had accidents. That just don't seem right, does it? Welcome to the new U.S. of A. <laughs> you get elected to a political position so you can change the law to benefit your civilian business. Oh, I'm sure he's not the first one to do it, but I'm sure it's happened a lot. But that's just, that should be a no-brainer. Anyway, dozens of trade groups have called on Congress to put the brakes on that plan or any plan that would increase the uh, carrier motor carrier minimum insurance requirements. And actually, in all my years of brokering the $750,000 minimum, I don't think I've ever seen one trucking company that had the minimum. Because if you want to take this further... Uh, for a trucking company to get their authority, yeah, they have to have $750,000 minimum liability, $10,000 cargo. Who's going to carry $10,000 cargo? Who's going to let a truck that only has $10,000 cargo haul their load? Now, trucking companies usually will increase that to a million dollars uh, auto liability. And... $100,000 cargo. The About the only time you might see a policy come through, it'll still have the million-dollar auto liability, but the uh, cargo might be 10000 Is if it's a small trucking outfit. Maybe they're in agriculture. They have a farm somewhere. You know, they farm six months out of the year, and they truck six months out of the year. Now, when uh, those companies go into their farming mode, usually they'll reduce the amount of insurance to the minimum so their premium will go down and then when they go back out trucking they call the insurance company and raise it back up you know to the million dollars and hundred thousand dollar cargo and in all my years I've only maybe once twice three three times uh, had a trucking company send me their accord the accord is the proof of liability insurance but uh, send me their accord where it had ten thousand dollars worth of cargo one phone call hey man you got to Get that insurance back up. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, they get it done real quick. But anyway, in a letter sent to the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee a couple of days ago, the OOIDA, hats off to you, OOIDA. I will give you credit when credit's due, and I will blast you when I think what you're doing is wrong. But that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, OIDA. Uh, OOIDA partnered with approximately 60 other trade groups to 
strongly discourage, that's in quotations, any increase in any minimum liability coverage for truckers. Uh, this article went on to talk about, you know, the, uh, the uh, Democrats trying to uh, or push through an amendment to a transportation spending bill that would increase the current minimum insurance, like I was talking about. But they sure didn't give a name of that guy, uh, the congressman or whoever it was that submitted it for it to get increased. So keep an eye on that. Uh, do I see that happening? I don't know. I, I, I doubt it, but I think probably they're going to be saying, hey, look, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We... We made brokers get a bigger bond. Don't you think it's time? <laughs> you know, it's something I will tell trucking companies you got to be on the lookout for. Even if you agree, yeah, you know, we really need to get that liability up. Uh, if you're trying to get your own customers, or, or uh, well, not, not, not trucking companies, but uh, over on the broker side of things, uh, when you're trying to get your own customers, you're going to run up against uh, shippers that want you to have a million dollars worth of general liability. And a lot of brokers today, even though the auto liability is covered, a lot of brokers today are wanting, and even customers, your customers, you're gonna, if you're out there getting your own customers too, they're going to want you to have a million dollars with general liability. Now, that's the biggest thing. I said We don't see it too much when uh, trucking companies are hauling loads for our clients, but... Uh, yeah, it's turning into a pretty common deal that brokers, even though it's not required by law that a trucking company have a million dollar general liability, a lot of shippers, a lot of brokers are requiring that. And that goes back uh, to the CSA back uh, 2010 when that came into play. But anyway, story for a different day. All right, we're about to run out of time and I haven't got to anything I need to talk about. Let's talk about factoring companies for a minute. We'll try to get to the agreements next week. Factoring companies, what are they? Factoring companies buy your invoices. Now, this is going to be for brokers, not necessarily for trucking companies. Trucking companies, a factoring company is pretty much an accepted deal. You're going, you're, you're blowing through $1,000 every couple of days on a truck. Fuel, driver pay, maintenance, whatever else, you know, all the other expenses. A lot of people don't realize it costs a lot of money to run a truck. So a lot of trucking companies, they will factor some of their invoices so they can get paid quicker to have operating capital. Usually a factoring company will advance 85, 90%, maybe a little bit more, but they're gonna charge you a fee for that advance. And you will get the balance of whatever money's left after their fee and uh, whatever costs they have involved with that factoring contract are deducted from when your customer pays that freight bill. And you'll get whatever's left. So, uh, for a trucking company, like I said, it's pretty common, pretty, pretty norm. For a broker, it is probably the worst thing you can do. I know there are a lot of companies and agencies out there that says, yeah, don't worry about it. Factoring company, everybody uses them. You know, get your money. They do credit checks and all that. Well, the thing is, when you're working with the factoring company, you're getting enough money to pay the truck because you're not going to see your monies, the money that actually profits you until your customer pays the factoring company. And that could be two weeks, might be a month, whatever. Now, understand that more times than not that when, if you're a broker or, well, you don't even have to be a broker, but whenever you submit a factoring company, or one of your customers to a factoring company, 
that factoring company is going to send your customer a legal letter stating that you have chosen to factor your invoices through their company and that you may not at any time direct bill that company until they have received notification from the factoring company that you can. Okay, that right there is going to scare a shipper. There are things that uh, can happen if you don't end up paying the trucking company that sometimes the trucking company can go back into band payment from the shipper. So essentially, the uh, customer could be paying for that load twice because they got to pay the truck if you didn't. The factoring company is paying you. They're not paying the truck. You, you see what I'm, they're giving you the money in advance uh, on that invoice, but uh, you're the one actually paying the truck. Now, that may not sound like a big deal, but here's the other problem. Uh, that factoring company, you have you have no control over their collections. And it's been my experience with a lot of factoring companies that if your customer is one day late, the factoring company starts the collection calls. And they will bug your customer to no end. And your customer, who are they going to get mad at? They're going to get mad at you. The thing is, when you're using a factoring company and your customer knows you're using a factoring company, well, that's telling them you are not financially sound. You, you don't have enough money to be able to operate your freight brokerage, so you're having to use a factoring company again. When it comes to a trucking company, it's acceptable. In fact, you know, as a broker, eh, you got to be careful with it. All right, we're about out of time here. Trying to keep these things down to 25 minutes, and I've already gone over. Yeah, I would. But anyway, uh, FBTV Insider this week going to be talking about dry vans. If you're not uh, subscribed, subscribe. Two ninety nine a month, twenty four ninety five a year. Next week, we're going to be talking about agreements. When I say agreements, we're going to be talking about. Uh, broker carrier agreements, uh, carrier or broker carrier agreements, things of that nature. All right. It's Wednesday. Have a good Wednesday. Unless you've made other plans, we'll talk to you next week.